All right, while you're doing that, I'm going to say this is, hey, uh, welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number 195. My name is Mike Canello. I'm here with Ted Bowman, who's got, um, Ted, apparently I record in a tile room. Andrew says my echoes have echoes. Uh huh. Um, and, and I you, record in. You record in a carpentry shop, I think. There's a lot of banging going on over there with your giant keyboard. I like to think I'm pretty handy. Pretty handy. Your house does have a lot of wood, though. I will give you that. So it's not all that far off. It, it does, yeah. It does. This room has curtains. I hope for the curtains will baffle some of the sound. I have no baffling. I actually actively remove all baffling from this room. It, yeah. Did it come with like sound isolation that you tore out? I tore it out. I said, yeah. You know, people want look, the real me. They want the echo. You, li- you live on the edge. You should hear it when, like, the UPS or the FedEx truck comes and my dog starts barking. It's like she's barking through an amplifier. It's so loud. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming she's not, though. Right now? Or in general? I'm assuming she, in general, she doesn't have an amplifier. No, we took it away. We took it away from her. She was abusing it. Kids these days. Yeah. So, hey, let's, um, we're going to talk about Reservoir, which is new. And you know all about it because you were knee deep in it. Yep. Yeah. So, so I don't know a whole lot about it. So we're going to, we're going to get into that and I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions about it. Um, but first let's just right off the bat, let's talk about uh, mydropwizard.com. Um, if you are a Drupal uh, developer or a Drupal shop, or you have a Drupal site and you don't want to have to deal with basic site maintenance um, for virtually any version of Drupal six, seven or eight mainly, um, if you don't want to have to worry about updating core, I believe an update just came out today. We're recording here on Wednesday, the 21st, um, or modules or just making sure the server's up and running. If you don't want to deal with any of that, you can call the folks at mydropwizard.com. Um, for a monthly fee starting at 99 bucks, they will take care of all of that. They will keep things up to date. They will keep the site online. They will answer support questions for core and popular contributed modules. And they'll also, you know, help you with, you know, basic maintenance tasks, you know, performance issues, debugging issues. Maybe you've got an issue with a view you're trying to figure out, even simple theming um, and styling issues. Um, When you do sign up with them, you will get a site audit. They will guarantee you a 24-hour response time and any tickets. Um, Here's the really cool part about it they will actually host your site for free if you sign up with them. Um, I think I think that's because it's actually easier for them to put you into their kind of update testing system if they're in complete control of your site. And if you don't like any of it, 30 days money back guarantee. So that's a pretty good deal. Check them out at mydropwizard.com. Ted, what the heck is this reservoir stuff that is like the number one trending thing on GitHub all of a sudden? So when a town wants to sort of store water um, Mm -hmm. for later use. No. Um, Reservoir. uh, Isn't that like a cistern? (laughs) Uh, Man, you already beat my vocabulary there. I'm not sure what that is. End the podcast. Thanks for listening. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Yeah, so Reservoir is a distribution for decoupling Drupal that we've been working on uh, at Acquia, the office of the CTO. And um, 
Yeah, we just released it yesterday. Uh, we're trying to keep it very minimal right now. It's sort of experimental stage, sort of test the waters, uh, see what's, see the reaction. Um, and the idea is that we're kind of targeting the, targeting this at least initially towards trying to make it so that if you don't have too much Drupal knowledge, you could, um, you know, just run the composer, um, create project command, create the project, um, just go through the install of Drupal and then you have it set up and, and ready to go sort of like a content store that you might use for, uh, like a decoupled website or a decoupled app, something like that. So, so even bigger picture is the general idea, yep. you know, it's called reservoir. Is that like for a reservoir of content? Is that the kind of the analogy? <laughs> that is. Okay. Yeah. And the idea is that it's, it's not meant to have any front end, you know, Drupal no. is not providing the front end. It's, it's basically there so that if you're a front end developer who uses Ember or uses, um, what's another one? I don't React. Angular. Yep. Angular. That most everything you need is in this distribution. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, people might want to add more stuff. And obviously some people would have needs more than this. But this is sort of where you have maybe a a project that needs people to be able to input content, uh, maybe create data models. So um, we're using content types where you want to add fields, um, uh, maybe relate content to each other. You know, any reference fields are is built in. Um, but you maybe also you know want to have your own data models, which we you know you can add more content types. Um, and then we've hidden away a lot of what is usually in Drupal. Like we, we've actually taken access for now away from like admin structure. So you can't really see any of the other stuff there as far as different content types, different display modes. Um, when so you're how editing, would you define, so that confuses me a little bit. How would you actually yeah. define new data models if you can't get to admin structure? Yeah, so up at the, well, basically up at the top of, of the menu bar, we've changed the, uh, sort of what the top level menu is. So Drupal, you know, you have the top level menu and, the, and those menu pages sort of go down deeper once you click into them, or you have like a module like admin menu, mm. where then, you know, you have a tree coming down. We're sort of focusing reservoir where up at the top, for a lot of those pages, you actually reach something right away. So we have a, Right at the top, there's a, I think we're calling it content models. And once you click on that, you're immediately taken to the content types page. So basically, okay. we're just mo- moving the content types page from, from underneath admin structure up to the top level. Okay. Um, so take so it's really this. like. So let's yeah. say I'm like, a, like an Angular dude or dudette. Yeah. And I want to use this. So, like you said, I can use, there's a there's a um, a composer project to install. I can use. Yeah. I get that up and running on some server yeah. somewhere. Um, yeah. I create a content type or a data model for my data. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what? Like, at what point am I done with Reservoir, and can I now turn my yeah. attention to Angular? So, Reservoir comes with JSON API, which is a module, uh, contrib module that Mateo. Gosh, I'm gonna. I want to say is Matteo Bosch. Yeah, push it. Push it. Believe- Do it. Yeah, I can't believe I've, I've never actually, I know Matteo, but I, I don't think I've ever pronounced his last name. Anyways, 
E L and his and his use his username is is also has like an E and then a zero like ellipso. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, but, but I didn't he, catch his last name. What was his last name? Don't make me Google this, Bosch. How do you spell Mateo, it, Mateo? I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought you just couldn't pronounce it. That's right. No one knows how to pronounce your last name. Very few people know that your last name is actually Bomen. Bomen, yes. 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 Bomen. Anyways, Mateo is like a workhorse. He works for Lullabot, and he just has produced uh, a bunch of modules related to um, to decoupling. And, and actually, Mateo and some other people are doing a sort of similar distribution, Contenta, which we can talk about later. Um and which they're using a lot of the same modules that we use. Um, and so JSON API is a, I guess it's a tool. It's a specification that's outside of Drupal. Basically it's an anti bike shedding tool for, for APIs. So basically they have a spec for how APIs should work. And the Drupal module exposes Drupal entities in that spec. Um, so part of the thought of using that in Reservoir is this is something that people, the format that comes back is going to be something that people will know outside of Drupal. By calling it an anti-bike shedding mod, um, uh, model, don't you immediately invite bike shedding? Um, I mean, I suppose there's bike shedding, you know, for making the spec initially. <laughs> but right. if you, if, if say when he's making the module for Drupal, He's not going to like go through like, hmm, you know, what right. path should we use for, or, you know, what, sh- what format should the fields come back in? Right. I didn't you mean know, to that. Do that. So, yeah. So you expose the data using this JSON API. Yes. And well, we just tur- basically turn on JSON API. Another thing about the JSON API module versus REST is it just exposes all of your entities um, as resources by default. So you don't have to either get the rest API module, the rest UI module or update config to say, Oh, I want this resource on, but not this resource. Um, there's a module that'll let you alter it, but by default, the way we're using it in JSON, uh, in reservoir is just all your, um, all the available resources are just turned on. Um, we hide a bit of that in the documentation to make it a bit simpler, but, but yeah, so you would, you would um, make your data model, and then up at the top, too, we have an API tab. And the default of the API menu is a um, something called Redoc documentation. And this is a JavaScript library for creating um, a documentation. And its power, it basically, there's an OPN API module, which is what I've been working on for the last couple months or so. And so, yeah, a lot of like acronyms and names here, but, um, I guess that's not an acronym. I guess it's an acronym as far as API is one. But so there's another specification called open API specification, and that is a way to document resources. So the very basics of what the open API module does is it will take your REST resources and your JSON API resources and create this json file in the open api format and again this is enough yep go ahead well just real quick so when you say the word resource is a resource basically just a path that returns content am i yes yes i'm translating that right in my head and i may be using the wrong um 
the wrong term, but basically, yeah. So JSON API say at API da, API slash node slash article, they're going to re, if you do that or so, they're going to return a collection of articles. Okay. Okay. And if you go to API slash node slash article slash, and then the UUID of the article, it will return you back the JSON that represents one article. Okay. And when you were saying resources, those paths are resources. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And each of those would have like, uh, the git patch post and delete on there. Oh, okay. All right. So de- depending on what, um, HTTP method you use, you know, different actions going to happen. Yeah. I was going to ask you about authentication, but let's, let's table that for a second. Yeah. And let's come, I'm going to go back to open API self-documenting. It sounds like. Yeah. So what happens is the open API module generates this JSON that basically will show you if you looked at the JSON and it's, you know, you can read it without just, if you have a JSON um, format or whatever, you can look at it and says, okay, this path we have, you know, these HTTP methods. So get uh, post uh, patch all here. And then underneath each of those, it says, okay, this is the expected response. And then it says, if you look in here, it shows you all the attributes for say article, it'll show you the node ID and that node ID returns back an integer. And then it'll show you your field image and uh, whatever's under the field image, like the URL and other stuff. So yeah, it basically, the idea is you could have this one JSON file that is going to, you could pass on to other tools that are aware of open API and um, like some, some tools actually make boilerplate uh, clients in different languages. Um, so we haven't got as far as to test that. Um, but one of the other things it does is there's a couple libraries that will generate a page of documentation for all your resources. So in reservoir, we first generate that JSON, which you don't necessarily see. And then we use this, um, JavaScript library to auto-generate documentation for all your resources. So the idea is the Angular developer comes in, you know, updates the data model, or maybe if they're happy with the data model that's already there, they use that. Then they go to the API page and they see in something that hopefully they'll already be familiar with. If they're familiar with open API, um, they'll see how to actually make requests and what they should expect to get back. So it seems like that that JSON file can use can be used for other things, um, and I'm thinking kind of like when you use PHP Storm right now and get autocomplete of like methods and, and properties on a class. It seems like that API documentation could be used to as like an autocomplete source for you know figuring out which resource you wanna you wanna hit. Yeah. So actually the re- the original reason that I was looking for something like open API when I didn't know that open API existed was that, um, uh, Matt grill on our team was, was making the water wheel JavaScript module. And he basically, you know, he was doing all the JavaScript side and I was doing the limited amount of uh, side that was needed on the Drupal side. And he's basically like, can you send me back a resource that's going to have all, or say, send me back a file that's going to have all the paths and what I can expect back at the, at those paths and what methods are available. So I made that um, from scratch. And then either somebody told me, said, hey, you know, there's these standards that you could use. Um, instead of making, you know, your own standard, you could follow one of these other ones. Right. Um, yeah. Sense. So, yeah. So, so he's sort of using that to sort of discover 
in Waterwheel to say, oh, we have, you know, a article type and it has these fields on it and stuff like that. But it could be used by other tools. Yeah. So uh, let me go back to what we were talking about before then. So if I am like an Angular developer, I you do the composer create project on Reservoir. I maybe create a new data model slash content type. I add some content. Uh, oh, actually, no, I don't even have to add a content. Then I can actually go right into kind of Angular world using this documentation that we were just talking about and start yeah. making post calls from Angular to populate the reservoir. Yeah, yeah, and there's you actually like word another word reservoir in as a, <laughs> as a noun there. No, I like it. Yeah, okay. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. So there, there's another section up top. I think that says authentication. Right. And then it, yeah, let's talk about that. that. Yeah. So that uses. I'm. I'm hope I'm right on this. It uses. The, I think the simple OAuth module, which does OAuth and authentication, or provides tokens. Mm-hmm. So. And I didn't make this part, so I'm, but I'm pretty sure the way it works is basically you create these tokens that then you'll, your app will use. And the tokens, you assign a role that this, this token will, will work as. So basically when the, when you make a request with this token, you'll have the permissions that a particular role has. Okay. So, so out of the box, we've created like four roles in the site and then one relates to an actual client. And out of the box, it's, I think it's like, um, create your own articles. So the idea is that that would, as you, you take that token that already exists and we have documentation then for how to actually make a curl request and you can get that token. You get that token and the token is say good for, uh, say two weeks. And then there's another request for also refreshing that token. So initially you would just use the sort of documentation for how to get, get the token initially. And then all your requests after that, you just pass that token along with it and whatever permissions that token has. And in the default case, you know, you can post articles, then you should, you know, then you have the permissions to do that. So you lost me a little bit. You, you need to use curl in order to authenticate in the first place to get on um, the token. No, that's just, I mean, you don't have to use it that way, but we just give like a code example of how to do it. You do need to make, oh, I could be wrong about this. Are we outside your wheelhouse? <laughs> initially, say an, initially an app is probably going to need to make a request to, to get that token. But yeah, we're a bit outside of my wheelhouse okay. on, right, on no this problem. part of it. But yeah. I've always, you know, it's always been my understanding that the authentic, you know, the authentication portion of REST or yeah. decoupling has always been especially tricky. Yeah. And and core out of the box just comes with basic authentication, which is super simple, but not super, not what people want to use because you're passing the ad, uh, username and password with every request. Yeah. And plain text as well. Well, yeah. not plain text, but. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. This one you would, if you only have to pass the sensitive information when you're actually refreshing the token. Okay. Or when, when you're requesting it the first time. Right. That makes sense. All right. So at that point, once you're authenticated, then you can, and you have your data models set up, Yeah. you can do all of your CRUD activity, you know, create, read, update, delete activity from whatever front end framework you're comfortable with. 
Yeah, and we actually also have the um, content tab, which actually we for now we've disabled views. And when you disable views, there's just a default listing of your content. Mm -hmm. So we've left that tab up at the top um, without views. So you can actually add content and edit content from within Reservoir. So the idea is that some people may want to use this as maybe they have clients that they want to give like the, you know, the, I forget what the default role is. We have the content editor role. And so you give that role to your client. Maybe you make multiple user accounts. Um, Your users come in and write content. And then you, you know, if you have, say, like a read-only app, then you maybe only need to do Git requests, something like that. Yeah, this is, I mean, you kind of answered a question I was going to ask. I was thinking about it earlier today. Um, and I was fairly certain that you've added modules to um, Drupal Core in order to achieve this. And you've talked about some of them already with you know, JSON API and the Open API. And Yeah, I actually, I open, I left the JSON file for the composer file up while, when okay. we were going to do this podcast. Cause I was like, well, he's probably going to ask me which ones are available. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, go through the. Yeah. So the only Drupal modules we have are the JSON API module, mm. uh, the simple OAuth module. So we talked about those two already. Right. Um, the open API module, which we've talked about, mm-hmm. um, the schemata module, which is actually a module that open API uses. And what it does is it basically will take your, your data structure, like in this case, your content type and all the fields. And all. so st- starting from the content type down to the fields on the content type and then the properties on those fields. And it basically turns that into, it normalizes that and potentially it normalizes that into different um, sort of outside formats that are outside of Drupal. Okay. In this case, what we're using is JSON schema, which is another uh, a format for oh, how to describe this sort of declaring uh, sort of declaring your schema. So it was it basically has, you know, hey, here is your body field and the property is the properties on the body field are format. What's it? Text and summary, something like that. Right, so it's basically it's, it's describing the, the 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 data model. Yeah, so Open API uses is sort of like a larger set of that. So all of the all of the actual data models within Open API are described in JSON schema. Hmm. So we're using the schemata module to to generate that JSON schema. Okay. So so a schemata module is really something in Reservoir that you're you're going to see the results of, but you'll never really say, look at a page and it's like, oh, this is generated by schemata. But um, OpenAPI, basically, it takes all the schemata module does a lot of the heavy lifting for the OpenAPI module. I feel like in a way, a lot of what you're talking about has some connective tissue back to you know, in the days of Drupal 7 when we would talk about RDF and RDFA and kind of machine ways of describing structure. Yes. Where those were very, you know, XML, HTML-y, these are more, you know, um, obviously JSON-based, but they kind of serve the same purpose there. I remember the phrase, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever forget it, the phrase that I heard when just talking about RDFA was, it was food for robots, yeah, basically, and and these, you know, the ones that we're using, you know, JSON schema, Open API, JSON API, these are ones that we think already have like 
are well known mm. in sort of the front front end community. It was that sort of our impression. Okay. Um, there's other ones, say like the GraphQL, which is right. something I think uh, Facebook has developed, and I think often tied to React, or maybe it needs to be tied to React. Um, but the React mod or the the uh, the GraphQL module right now, I don't think is stable. So that's something that we may put in reservoir later. Um, so it could be that you would have two ways to get your data, either JSON API or GraphQL. All right. So let's say, let's climb out of this little rabbit hole here. What other, yep. um, contrib modules? Um, that's when you mentioned, is it, that's it. Oh, wow. For okay. Contri- so then the, what I think is maybe a more interesting question or maybe not more uh-huh. as interesting is what mod, what core yep. modules are disabled that are normally enabled? You mentioned views. Yeah, views is disabled. Um, wow, you that's a hard. You rearrange the admin menu a little bit or replace. Yeah. It. So a lot of it will say like block content yeah. is turned off. I think the block module has to be turned on. What I mean, it just seems like there's probably a lot of like the, you know things like the contact forms, things like comments, because it seems like right now if Reservoir is kind of focused on content types, then a lot of those other entity yeah. types can be disabled other than users, yeah. I would guess. Yeah, I think we left comments on because potentially you could build a user interface yourself. I mean, like a, you could build a form system yourself in these tools mm-hmm. and say, and say use your own forms to upload comments. You're not going to, you obviously get the Drupal forms, but right. you might, you might want that commenting functionality. Right. Um, like block content we turned off. I think we turned off the content module. Um, I guess we're not actively turning them off. It's just if you have an install profile, you're like, you know, it's your choice as far as what to turn on. Um, right. So like the minimal obviously is going to turn on a whole lot less. Um, and we've taken away stuff like the admin appearance page. Um, a lot of that we did by just sort of disabling routes because some of that isn't in the system module. And obviously you can't turn off the system module. <laughs> and we do have a tab up at the top. I think it's like manage backend or something like that, which that is going to then open up your admin configuration page, um, which is sort of uh, we have a tour at the beginning. I guess that's the other thing I should have mentioned is um, Wim on the team made a tour Sure. At the be- yep. at, at the very beginning, so when you open it up, you say, oh, okay, you know, this is Reservoir. Here's where you edit content. Here are your content models where you add fields. Here's your authentication section. Um, here is uh, the manage backend, you know, if you want to do other stuff, um, to enable modules and stuff like that. Um, and there's a couple other tours. There's a tour, I think, once you get to the authentication page, which describes the um, which describes like how the tokens work and stuff. And obviously, I guess I haven't actually taken that tour, where I could have had a better explanation. <laughs> so, as um, you and I know uh, you and Preston and Mateo, who else was involved? Let's give everybody credit. No, so Mat- Mateo was not involved. Mateo was is basically we couldn't have done it without his work with oh, JSON okay. API and other. I think he actually he did simple OAuth module too. Okay. Yeah, so there, um, there is another decoupled distribution called Contenta, which has been out, had been out for maybe like a month, um, before we released ours. We, we were developing ours. Um, we just hadn't released it. 
so Matteo and, and Daniel Warner, I'm going to pronounce this, uh, butcher his last name. Sally, oh, she's just a fish on, I'm blanking on her last name. Young. Sally, yeah, Sally Young, just a fish on Drupal.org. And some other developers, um, have a decoupled distribution called Contenta. Um, and it's sort of right now there's a lot of overlap and we really want to talk to them to see where there's overlap and to see like, you know, okay, do we really have a different vision or is the vision really the same? Um, so it's to sort of be determined like what, you know, what the relationship do is and, you know, ultimately do they need to be two decoupled distributions? Do they serve a different purpose or not? Um, I think a lot of that is, is really sort of up in the open. The reason I was mentioning Mateo is because a lot of sort of what we're doing is, is sort of off, you know, we, we decided to do that instead of to use JSON API instead of rest because, um, the rest module just does some, some things that I don't think people would expect if you, if you didn't know Drupal. And I think the really big one is it has a sort of a resource per content type. Uh, no, sorry, a resource per, per entity type. So there's a node resource. Mm-hmm. And it's, so if you didn't know Drupal, it's kind of weird that depending on what type of node you want, you have to post different fields. Right. Whereas the JSON API module chose to have a resource per bundle. So you can say, okay, definitely when I post this, I need to give X, Y, and Z field. Whereas it's a little trickier for if you're just posting to Node, right? Because it depends on your type. So right, right. No, that makes sense. So tell me about the the Aquia team. So uh, I guess Wim did a lot of the first work to um, to basically strip away a lot of what Drupal. F- first offers you and he did the install profile because a lot a lot of what reservoir is is more taking away than adding more features Mm -hmm. um so like we said we only have four contrib modules um and most of what there's a reservoir ui module is the only um module that's unique to the profile and and that's a, a lot of what wim did and a lot of that is you know basically sort of deciding you know, what do we expose at the top level? Um, which is what, you know, what we've talked about a lot. Um, I did a lot of the, the open API work. So sort of for the auto documentation and stuff like that. And, uh, working with the schemata module. I know, um, Wim has worked, uh, filing issues against the JSON API module. Um, Chris Hamper on our team has also been working filing issues against the JSON API module. Um, Matt Grill has been, uh, sort of, he's the, our sort of JavaScript developer on the team. So definitely gotten a lot of feedback as far as, you know, okay, obviously this is the kind of person we want to use reservoir. So exactly. a lot of he's the guy who's telling you guys what, what you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. And just sort of show him, show him like, okay, you know, this is, this is the path we're going down. What do you think? Right. And so the idea of like, okay, should we choose rest or we should choose JSON API or sort of, you know, want to sort of uh, bounce those ideas off people who aren't so uh, maybe Drupal focused like, Mm. like I am. (laughs) Um, uh, Ash Heath uh, made our logo, which is awesome. And Preston's been sort of coordinating a lot of the stuff. 
So is this kind of, you know, I know that you and, and most of the folks you named, if not all of them, are all, all work for Octo at Acquia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this kind of where your group's focus, um, no, that's not the right way of saying it, is I know that Dries has talked about, you know, decoupling and um, how, you know, it's important and trying to figure out the best way forward. Is this kind of your group's main focus when it comes to decoupling? Well, so a lot of like our work in the last like year and stuff is not necessarily been on like actually making reservoir didn't take all that long, right? Like a couple weeks or something, but like the work we've done on the rest system, which always involves like the serialization system and then the work that, um, from our team, but a lot of people outside of our team have done to the JSON API module, um, and uh, uh, Adam Ross is the maintainer of the schemata module. So it's kind of bringing in some work of, you know, some contrib, but a lot of work in, in sort of core. But I think one of the things that, you know, Dries sort of pushes our team to do is to like how to push the needle with Drupal. Like how, you know, do you push it into other, um, you know, how do you, I guess I sort of think of it as other markets, but sort of other markets in the sense that like, how do we make it easier for JavaScript developers? Right. Right. Uh, And I also sort of think of it as how do we make it easier for, you know, people who don't know Drupal is. And so the idea that sort of stripping away a lot of Drupal and give them something because Drupal is super overwhelming. Um, when you first, uh, so when you first install it, so Dries, yeah, it's basically been saying, you know, what can we do to make Drupal API first? And part of that is sort of testing out all these things within core. Um, cause JSON API module uses the serialization module, which you, which rest relies on, um, uh, and JSON API relies on. Uh, so also, you know, this, the idea of like auto generating documentation, um, you know, p- perhaps could be something that could be in core at some point, or at least like exporting our resources to stuff that or to something that people would be familiar with outside of Drupal. So whether it's open API or something else, um, in the future. So yeah, it's our sort of way of saying, and the other thing I think it serves a purpose is a lot at Baltimore. Uh, DrupalCon, I talk, I think we all talked to a lot of people that were sort of looking for, you know, what is the canonical way to set up a Drupal site, uh, for decoupling? Yeah, that's a great question. And in, in some ways, I feel like our, you know, part of our answer is that, you know, perhaps JSON API is the future and not necessarily the REST module for, for some of this decoupled. I mean, REST, I think has its place, but um, it has a lot of Drupalisms that a lot of people are going to find unfamiliar. All right. So let's, um, let's sort of take a quick break. I want to mention some upcoming Drupal Easy stuff. Um, right after that, though, I want to ask you about the next steps for Reservoir, what you guys yep. have planned, um, and um, this decoupled uh, developer days. I want to hear about good. that in a second. Um, real quick, I, I do want to mention that um, Drupal Easy's Drupal uh, Career Online program is going strong. We just graduated, um, I think, our 11th class of students, <laughs> amazing as that sounds, a, a few weeks ago. 
Next one begins in October, actually October 2nd. Um, we'll finish in time for the holidays, so you can check that out at drupalizzy.com. And um, coming up here in two months, less than two months, is we're going to be running the second session of our newest long-form class, which is called Mastering Professional Drupal Developer Workflows with Pantheon. That's going to start mid-August. Um, I'm actually just, uh, I have a week and a half left of the current class, of the, the kind of the first class. It's turning out to be a really, really interesting class, both for me and I think for the students. We're learning, we're going deep into Composer, deep into Terminus, deep into Configuration Management, um, and deep into Drupal 8. You know, we have really no choice when you're talking about the other three things. Um, so if you are either a beginning Drupal developer or you know one, then probably Drupal Career Online is for you. If you know a bit of Drupal and you really want to start taking advantage of all the great things Drupal 8 and Pantheon have to offer, um, definitely check out our, uh, our Mastering Professional Drupal Developer Workflows with Pantheon class. Both of them you can find by going to DrupalEasy.com. All right, so Ted, tell me about, um, I, I can, you know, I can take a guess at where Reservoir is going to go next. Um, and I get that, you know, probably the next month or so are probably going to be, you know, fixing bugs and getting feedback and stuff like that. But do, does the team have an idea of like kind of what's the next big step? Ooh. Um <laughs> I think a lot of it is to be determined. Um, okay. and right now, right now it is not something that we're saying, you know, build production sites on. Um, uh, or, you know, I mean, it's right now, mostly what it is, is a collection of modules. So you could potentially do what we've done just by installing these modules. Right. But you said, I mean, you said yourself that it focuses on content types right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that for me, that was a natural, the next step is, well, what other entities would be interesting to expose or entity types, yeah. I should say. So we haven't. We haven't really talked about that. I think a lot of what sort of our focus is, is really on keeping it really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there are, um, you know, there, there are actually services that can you, that you can use that content as a service that actually provide this type of functionality. You know, they probably, you know, obviously do a lot more than, than what, what we do, but, we also don't want to make it like super, we don't want to, I think it would be really easy to make it to get more and more complex. Mm-hmm. I mean, from my point of view, I think sort of focus on stabilizing it, yeah. you know, right now we don't have tests on it, getting tests on it, stuff like that. Yeah. And getting feedback from people. I think we wanted to put this out there before like spending say like half a year on it yeah. because we want people to, because it is relatively simple and mostly it's, you know, mostly it's relying on core, which we hope is pretty stable at this point <laughs> that, that we, you know, that, that people can maybe, you know, start to start to use it, start to mess around with it, you know, give feedback on, um, yeah, OAuth is the way to go, you know, potentially, uh, get feedback that we can push back to the modules that either we maintain or other people maintain, um, we've already got some good feedback on people setting up the OAuth, um, uh, tokens. And so that is either something that we're going to look at. Okay. We can make a tour about that in reservoir, or we could push that and file issues with the simple OAuth module to say, Hey, you know, people are, 
you know, finding it confusing how to make tokens. And I just use that as an example because that's just one issue I, I saw. I'm not positive that it's actually confusing, but so say we find stuff about that, uh, li- like that, that will be able to sort of either help, um, potentially also find core bugs because the serialization in the entity system is what underlies, uh, rest JSON API. So the serialization module and the entity system are, are sort of underlie all of this. However, you decouple Drupal. Um, we're hoping that sort of letting, giving people an easy way to start decoupling Drupal, we may find, um, find bugs in that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's, it, I had it in my head, you know, probably 20 minutes ago and it left my head, but in the process of, you know, building it to date, have you guys filed issues, um, back to core based on things you found or wanted? Yeah, I know WIM has found some bugs. Um, okay. and we're, always finding bugs uh, core bugs i think not not always i want to i don't want to say like core is is super buggy but basically like the serialization and the entity system is like at the core of uh obviously of drupal so if you're making sort of requests that just go through the api and don't um you know don't rely on any forms or whatever then you don't have the safeguards of any forms. Yeah, and that's always been kind of one of the big, you know, worries for people. You know, when it comes to decoupling, is we're, you know, we're basically doing an end around on form API and validation yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and the idea that is that um, validation is supposed to it can be in the entity system now, right. which makes sense. Yeah, and right now it's that way for content entities. Um, it's that way. I think there's still some stuff in certain entity types, maybe in the form, but I think right now for config entities, and this is from moving target. So I could be wrong or by somebody, by the time somebody listens to this, it could be wrong is that, um, config entities don't have validation in the entity system. So JSON API actually exposes posting to configuration entities, but in reservoir, we're taking that away because we don't want people posting configuration entities. I mean, potentially the way we see reservoir being used in that sort of description of the decoupled app, a lot of times you wouldn't be, um, you know, creating configuration entities, but things like vocabularies are configuration entities. So you could see where you might want to in the, you know, in the future. Yeah, that's true. But for reading it, say, obviously you might want to know the name of a vocabulary or description. So you might want to, you know, pull back that the configuration entity of a vocabulary. So um, decoupled developer days, where and when? So it is in New York City, August 19th and through the 20th. So just two days. It's going to be at, I think, NBC Universal 30. Is that, is that at 30 Rock? I don't yeah, know. 30 Rock. Uh, is, uh, yeah. The GE bit bu- building, I think they call it. Or it used to be, at least. I don't know if it still is. Yeah, so it's decoupled developer days, and I think it's being. I haven't actually been. Um, I think Preston and and Matt are are on the uh, the committee that it's organizing it with with some other people. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, from my understanding, sort of modeled after Dev Days, which is in Europe, but obviously with a de- decoupled focus. Um, it's a day of sessions on the Saturday, and then sprinting, and you know whatever else we want to get into on the Sunday, um, you know, hopefully be a yearly event, maybe bigger next year, but it's sort of the first one is, uh, yeah. it's just sort of just, we haven't really had, 
you know, a Drupal conference focused on decoupling. So, you know, hopefully I'm going to submit a session on Reservoir. I'd love to talk uh, about Reservoir there. I think some of the Contenta people will be there. I'm sure they're going to be presenting. It'll be great to talk to them there. Um, hopefully we'll have people sort of who are already decoupling with, I mean, maybe with one of the distributions, but, you know, obviously decoupling way predates this. Yeah. So with user experiences, um, different ideas. Um, so it should be interesting. I mean, I guess you could kind of think of it as um, developer days or not design, design for Drupal in Boston as sort right. of a design focused conference. So this is a sort of decoupled focus conference. Yeah, I think it sounds like there's a real opportunity to share the load with the Contenta folks. Yeah. It seems like that's, you know, that's something that could add a lot of momentum to this type of initiative if you basically double the number of people working on one distribution. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, already we're sharing the, you know, we're, we're talking to them, we're filing issues, they're filing issues on our stuff. Uh, and sort of just the fact that we're both using the same modules. Yeah. <laughs> Almost seems like a no brainer, but <laughs> you never know. Obviously helps, but also in the sense that we're kind of pushing the modules in different directions. So mm-hmm. even if they stay separate, we're saying, okay, like the, how does the JSON API work module, the open API module work in these two cases? Right. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Obviously, New York is not too far from me, but, uh, yeah, I always enjoy going down there for Drupal conferences. All right, well, let's wrap things up. Keep this under an hour, which is our new podcast slogan. We're going to keep these things under an hour. As usual, Ted, people can find you at Tedbo on Twitter and Drupal.org, yeah. pretty much everywhere else. That's um, me. There you go. Drupal Easy on Twitter. Ultimike is me on Twitter. Um, I'll be remiss not to mention webenable.com and devpanel.com. You know them, you love them. Check them out. And I think that's it. I think everyone knows if you're listening to this podcast, you know where to find the podcast because you've already found it. So tell a friend. Maybe we'll just end with that. And Ted, we'll see you, um, I don't know, at a future podcast, I suppose. Yeah, hopefully before too long. And I'd love for people to come to uh, Decoupled Dev Days. Uh, check out the repo on GitHub for Reservoir. Uh, let us know your feedback there. Yeah, I mentioned it quickly, but it was like one of the top trending repos on GitHub, either today or yesterday. I forgot when you tweeted it. Yeah, that was exciting. Which was the other interesting thing, which I didn't know. I was looking at, well, I don't know how many they list on that page. Mm-hmm. So this was just PHP, obviously. Eight were related to Laravel, hmm. which I was like, side note. Yeah. So did you uh, did you celebrate with like an extra special cup of coffee when you saw that it was trending? I celebrated by tweeting it. By tweeting it. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a party right there. Party and a tweet. I, I uh, yeah, celebrate. I will, yeah, I should celebrate that. Yeah, it's a cool thing. There you go. All right. Well, cool. Great talking to you as always, Ted. And uh, you too. We'll see you on the next Drupal Easy podcast.